0: Welcome to the Wealthsteading Podcast. This is episode 408. Today is April 5th, 2023. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, in today's episode, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a rant, and maybe a big rant. I don't know, we'll see how it unfolds. But I wanna talk about a subject that's critically important to your prosperity, and it has nothing to do with the current headlines or the chatter, or all the things that everybody's talking and worrying about and complaining about. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm back from the unconference in Las Vegas. As expected, all my friends showed up, and that means that it was a small turnout, but, but what we lacked in attendance, we made up for in quality. I had a great time with Ross, Dan, and Matt, and these guys are such true wealth wealthsteaders that, They stuck me with the tab for the meals, but I enjoyed their company so much, it was worth it. One other comment about quality versus quantity, Uh, you know I have been remiss here lately in getting out podcast episodes, but over that time period I did put up substantial blog posts and also several videos, so if you're not subscribed to the free blog post notifications or you're not reading the blog or you're not checking out the YouTube channel, well why not? Hey, in any case, today's topic, a little bit of a hodgepodge here. I want to answer some of the fears that are going around about the banking crisis or the banking failures, and along with that, you'll notice that, you know, we're about 25 or so days from the initial bank failures, and the stock market really doesn't care. The media has seemed to go on beyond it. There is a lot of fear and trepidation I hear from just regular listeners and people that I talk to. I haven't dwelled on the doom and gloom, chicken little prognostications about bank failures. You know, much like I don't talk about most things that everybody's worried about. And trust me on this, if I were worried about things, I would talk about them. Rather than dwell on all the issues that everybody else is talking about and everybody else is worried about, you've probably noticed that about 95% of the people are not successful. Right? The vast majority of people never achieve financial independence. And you can call that being rich or you know, financial freedom or whatever phrase you want to come up with to describe that. But that's really all about building wealth. And most people never achieve it, literally, only about 5%. And that's not just today. You know, People say, oh, it was easier to make money years ago. Now, nah, it's never been easy to make money. And I believe that a big reason that most people don't achieve financial freedom or financial independence or riches is because they're so caught up in the minutia of worrying and complaining about all kinds of things that are out of their control and probably unlikely to happen. So in that aspect, I'm going to briefly touch upon the banking crisis and the banking failures. I'm going to tell you why I don't care about them, and then I'll close out today's episode with a thought that I really want you to put into your mind in place of all this negativity and complaining and worrying. Okay? So as far as the bank failures and the banks not having enough money to cover deposits, let me let you in on a little secret. The fact that banks don't have enough money to cover deposits, that's not a failure of the system. That's a design feature of the system. That's the way fractional banking works. If you go back and watch the old Jimmy Stewart movie, It's a Wonderful Life, there's a perfect illustration in that movie where there's a run on the bank. The character that Jimmy Stewart plays, he goes around telling everybody in the community, well, I can't give you your money and I can't give you your money because your $15 is over in Fred's house and your $25, that's in Tony's house. And he explains to them that the money isn't in the bank. It's not there for them to take out. It's invested in the homes within the community. Well, Hollywood movies are not known for portraying the truth, but that's a really good analogy of the banking system. There is no money in the banks. The money that's been loaned out, the amount of debt, is far, far, far in excess of any of the amount of money that was taken in in deposits. It's fractional banking. It's not the devil. It's just the way the system was designed, it's the way it works, it's pretty much always been this way, and the reason for that is that any other system wouldn't take advantage of the time value of money as effectively as a fractional banking system does. Now, we can argue how much leverage and debt should be in the system, and we can argue about what type of an organization monitors it and oversees it and, you know, whether it should be the Federal Reserve or what kind of standards should be used, that's all up for debate. But in terms of fractional banking, that's really the only way that I know of in human history that society can expand and grow at a pace that takes humans out of abject poverty and absolute misery. If You just use a finite amount of money there's never enough to go around, and there's certainly not enough to expand and support a modern technological society. Okay, and I'll just give you one quick example of this, and I'm going to preface this like everything that I do here on the Well Studying Podcast. This is my opinion. You may not agree with it. You may not like it, but it's my opinion. And my opinion has been one of the things that has helped me rise up and not be part of that 95% that's... Not financially independent. So you can take what I say with a grain of salt. You can agree or disagree with it. But it's what I think. And it's part of the lifestyle that I've created that has given me the success that I have. So one of the big evils that everybody's worried about with a fractional banking system is that it creates inflation. Yeah, it does. Okay, that's a reality. As with most things in life, there are trade-offs. And there's give and take. And like any tool that you use, you have to use it appropriately. And again, we can debate whether our current system of using a fractional banking system is being used properly and effectively. I mean, that can be debated. But what I don't believe can be debated is the fact that you need it in some sort. The way to grow and expand an economy is to leverage the monetary system. We call it leverage because it's just like a lever that you would use with a fulcrum to be able to lift more weight than you otherwise would. And just think of this in terms of inflation. I think I've used this example here in the podcast. I know I've talked about it publicly before, so forgive me if you've heard it. But, you know, a lot of people will tell you that, you know, since 1920, the value of the U.S. dollar has been degraded by whatever, 99%. It only has maybe 1% or less of its original value its purchasing power from 1920 well that's true I mean I can put that in Excel spreadsheet and come up with that but you know what else is equally true although the 1920 US dollar has lost the vast 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 majority of its purchasing power from what you could get back in 1920 Do you know what you couldn't get with that 1920 dollar you couldn't buy air conditioning you couldn't buy a smartphone You couldn't buy a Tesla. You couldn't get a kidney transplant. Shoot, you couldn't even get penicillin. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, the dollar has lost value over the years. It's going to lose value tomorrow. But look at your worthless Federal Reserve fiat currency notes today. They buy a whole lot of things that really make my life enjoyable. And I would argue that those technological improvements have come about through leverage in the monetary system. Ha, ah, but I digress. Hey, so the bank failures. These are not failures. The fact that the banks don't have money to cover all the deposits is the way this system is designed. And again, you'll notice that to the extent that the stock market panicked, that's all gone away. Because the danger to the stock market right now is not bank failures. It's about declining corporate profits. I've talked about that infinitum. We're going to talk more about that probably later in the week because that's a key factor of what is likely going to be driving stock prices here in the near future, and it could be a great opportunity if you time it properly. So it's not a crisis. I see these things as opportunities. And in terms of opportunities, in terms of not worrying about things that you can't control and not dwelling and complaining about things that you don't like, The reason that I don't talk about a lot of the popular topics that, again, everybody else talks about is because I'm not like everybody else. I don't think like everybody else. I think in terms of wealth building. And wealth building principle number three is an eternal truth. It says that production is the source of wealth. Let me repeat that. Production is the source of wealth. Okay, what that means is that Currency isn't wealth. Okay, currency, whether you're talking about Federal Reserve notes or some other fiat currency, you know, U.S. dollars or Japanese yen, European euros, the fanciful petrodollar, whatever you want to come up with, that's not wealth. But neither is cryptocurrency or precious metals or the all-scary and powerful central bank digital currency. None of these things are wealth. Production is the source of wealth. These currencies, whether they be precious metals or CBDCs or crypto or regular old worthless fiat Federal Reserve notes, they're all just a means of measuring your wealth at any given time. Just a snapshot of comparing your wealth, of measuring your wealth. But it's not your wealth. Your wealth is derived from your ability to produce. And that's you as an individual, as well as the systems and structures that you put into place and create. And your source of production may be your output as an individual employee, or the small business that you create, or the portfolio that you construct by investing in quality, profitable, and growing companies, or the home that you live in, or rental real estate that you own or other real estate properties that you've developed. Production is the source of wealth. Your wealth is those productive systems and those productive appreciating assets. It's not the fiat currency. It's not the cryptocurrency. It's not the precious metals. It's the appreciating asset that you own. Now, here's one final thought I want to leave you with. Think of a shipwreck. You got 12 people. They're on an island. That island doesn't have many resources. There's a few springs with some fresh water. There's some coconut trees. Uh, You know, maybe there's a little fishing or or stuff on the cove, but this island has very limited resources. These 12 people are shipwrecked there, abandoned for maybe two or three years. One of those people is Elon Musk. Okay, after two or three years, you go to that island and you rescue those 12 people. Who do you think is going to have the vast majority, if not all the majority, of the resources on that island? You think it's going to be randomly those 12 people? Or do you think that probably all the wealth or a huge amount of that wealth is going to be concentrated in the ownership of Elon Musk? And whether it's concentrated in coconuts or dried fish Or bottled water, or whatever assets and resources can be claimed out of that island, I would be betting my worthless Federal Reserve notes that Elon Musk is the guy that owns and controls most of it. And that's because production is the source of wealth. And Elon Musk has a long history of being extremely productive. He was productive at PayPal, he's productive at Tesla. He's productive at SpaceX. The guy is productive at everything he does. And I'm sure he would be productive if he was shipwrecked on a desert island. And so if you want to be in that 5%, if you want to be wealthy, if you want to be financially independent, if you want to call your own shots, stop worrying, stop complaining, stop focusing on all the minutia that everybody else is focused on, and figure out a way to use your talents and abilities to produce because the bottom line throughout all human history is that production is the source of wealth well there you have it until next time this is john pugliano wishing you the very best returns